0: Hi, it's Zoe, and this is the Zoe Rath Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful for your listenership and for sharing the space between your ears for just a wee bit of time each and every week. What we focus on on this podcast is leadership perspectives. How we see and be in the world can make a radical difference in how we engage and create new and exciting things. The leader that we have today is—he's amazing. I have long suspected that Generation Y and Gen Z after them are going to upend and shift the world in big ways. And he is one of them. He's doing some amazing things out there. So if you're interested in leading culture change in a whole bunch of different ways from building different types of communities... This is the episode for you. Our guest is Nick Gross. He has had an extensive music career, which basically is an alien world to me. I don't know anything about the music industry. So it was fascinating to hear a little bit about it. He's been a drummer for Sony Epic recording artist, Open Air Stereo, and more recently, Half the Animal, which has toured nationally. He's traveled all over the world with his music and he's turned this success in music industry into a career as an entrepreneur in both music and entertainment. He founded the Big Noise Music Group with an acclaimed music producer, John Feldman, and vagrant BMG executive, John Cohen. This music division is supported by Gross' Media, multimedia recording studio, The Noise Nest. What a great name. He's part of a group of investors that raised $2.9 million in seed funding for the mobile application speaker. So this guy, he has so much energy. He's totally on fire. This is the initiative that we're going to speak most about in this episode, and in 2018, he co-founded Find Your Grind, and it's an education and self-discovery platform dedicated initially, anyway, to helping students discover who they are, where they are going, and how to get there. So it's about career focus and career development with a completely different twist. He started, um, Find Your Grind started hosting nationwide speaking tours in high schools and major college campuses with partners Amazon, TikTok, and more. It's amazing. (laughs) I just love the energy and the vision of this whole thing. So let's get into it and discover all the wonderful ideas and energy that takes to create massive change in the culture. Let's do it. All right. This is a such a different interview coming up with this wonderful guest, Nick Gross. I can't wait to hear all your story all the way from California, LA, Los Angeles. So excited. Nick, you're a musician and an entrepreneur, and you've got an amazing new um, initiative called Find Your Grind. There's so much to cover. So welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. So happy to be on. A fellow I won't say a fellow Australian, but yeah, I will, a fellow Australian. I love Australians and I love Australia, so happy to be on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and a drummer. like Okay, so first confessions, I have I know nothing about the world of music. I don't have a musical bone in my body, though yeah. I'm probably if I tried, I could find some sort of musical bone. My husband's a piano player, but that's as much as I know about the music industry. So tell me a little bit how you got started as a drummer and what that's meant for you in your career.
1: Man, I I got, I was really lucky. So I was an only child growing up. My mother decided to get me a piano lessons and drum lessons. It started with piano lessons when I was five. I hated the piano, but she made me stick with piano for a long time, which I'm thankful for today because it helps in a lot of areas of music production, having that basic understanding of, you know, notes and, and keyboard stuff. But yeah, as a six-year-old, I was like, man, I want to try drums. And so I was lucky enough to be in a situation where my, you know, parents were were definitely really supportive and, and hooked me up with my first drum kit. It came really naturally for me, you know, right when I jumped on the kit, I, I could use kind of all four limbs. And so from that point forward, I just knew that that was something that um I had a talent in, you know, and and, and I can't believe that today I, I still use it. But, you know, I hope to continue to uh, drum and be involved in music for the rest of my life. So yeah, that was definitely a core foundation, like being able to find that early on was, was definitely really special. And I think a, a lot of that was really due to just, you know, having the exposure and having the, the resources and having the ability to have those drum lessons and be able to kind of like experiment and try things. So that was huge for me growing up.
0: I think, um, I just have this image, as you said, using all four limbs to play the drums, like an octopus.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've had, I've had a couple of memes of my head on octopuses before. So yes, makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like some people just can't understand it. And for me, I, I just got, I got lucky, I guess that was part of something I was born with. So
0: yeah. 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 And <laughs> well, a lot of leaders I've worked with are completely disconnected from their bodies. And so the idea of being able to be fully in your body, which is what you need to do as a drummer, because um, you're moving everything in coordination to a, to various beats, like, Oh my God, that's sort of beyond my ability. Um, yeah. But I'm wondering, like, just from a perspective point of view, like, I wonder if you've ever thought about being such a kinesthetic person, somebody who moves and operates through their body, if that's shaped your perspective of the world at all.
1: That's really interesting. Um, My perspective of the world, like, I see things very, I'm a bit OCD, you know, like, in in a sense of just, like, having clarity and clarity and mindset to be able to, like, you know, analyze my thoughts and organize my thoughts in a meaningful way to be able to be the most productive that I can. Like I have to have things very clean. I see things in certain ways. Like that's just kind of the the person that I am. And I think that definitely has helped organize a lot of things in my life, especially with the various businesses that I have going on now and the amount of things that have slowly started to add up um, over time and just different people now that work for these companies. I think it's just really important to obviously stay as clean and organized and, and clear headed as possible. So I think from Yeah, from that energy side, I don't know, like, maybe there is a big tie in to that. I think you could be right. I haven't really thought about that before. Well,
0: you've got a a lot of creative energy. I mean, to go from being a musician into entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship is a creative journey. And I'm fascinated that you've made this transition because not a lot of musicians do. Uh, yeah, well, Maybe sure. that's actually I don't know much about the musician.
1: <laughs> don't know much yeah, about music, yeah, but no, you're right though. Yeah, you yeah, you're definitely right. If out of the majority of musicians, probably not the majority of them are entrepreneurs. Probably yeah.
0: And so Let's you get the that. starving artist meme as one of the the core foundation problems in in being a creative. So somehow you've managed to bridge that. You've gone from being a creative to being a business person, entrepreneurial person. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I I think. I was lucky because I, early on in my career, I started in this band, the first band that I started was, I was 13 years old, so I was working on that project all through high school from 13 to 18, that was like my core focus, I was never an academic person, I, I didn't really understand how schooling and the kind of education system was going to prepare me for the real world and real skills and, you know, all that good stuff that we could talk about, I'm sure for a long time, but um, I wanted to really focus on what I was good at you know because I knew that that was probably something that was going to be able to like lead me into other areas of my life and allow me to kind of shoot out of high school knowing exactly a direction of where I wanted to go so during that time though I I, I think it was great that I worked a lot of jobs like I worked in corporate jobs I worked like you know in apparel I worked as a a painter like painting houses for eight months like I worked as an audio visual installer for people's homes like traveled around learning how to install TVs. Like I worked a lot of different, I worked at a car wash, (laughs) like, which is great. You know, like I worked so many of these like standard jobs to realize that that's definitely not something that I enjoyed, which I'm sure most (laughs) people would say the same thing. But when I was 18, I got accepted to USC just as I was about to go into this college route. Definitely had a lot of pressure from society and from parents to like, okay, your next thing is to go to college. But I was lucky enough to be in a situation where, where my band, which was really my first, I think, entrepreneurial business, it was a business for me, really turned into that business when I was 18. Like right before I started at, at college, we got our first record deal when I was, I think 17 and a half with Sony Epic. And you know that kind of gave me that taste of like, wow, I've worked on something for the past four or five years behind the scenes of school and have had all these kind of traditional, typical jobs. So I've gotten a taste of that. So my first taste with this entrepreneurial thing through the band, having that first success, I think was really my like, wow, I want to do this. Like I want to be creating things for myself. I want to kind of live life on my own terms. And I showed myself that I could do it super early on. So I think it's kind of just, I've kept that belief ever since.
0: It's unusual. Um, let me ask you this question. So, I mean, you you got immersed during high school on about earning money in relationship to money. What I've found with a lot of creatives is that there's a disconnect between their creative process and money making. So you seem to have bridged it by simply immersed yourself in making money because you had to to support yourself. And now you've got this organization, Find Your Grind, which we'll talk about in just a sec. How have you seen mindset and relationship to money play out in how people are successful in business?
1: Oh my goodness. That's a really, really great question. I think mindset for me is huge and key in that I have to follow a certain discipline and a certain routine, especially throughout the day, you know, just how my days are organized in order to be in the right mindset, to attract the things that I want into my life and to attract the right energy, whether that's business or people or ideas like to really manifest what I want. I have to be in the right mindset of understanding how to get those things, you know? And so, Mindset to me comes from routine and discipline. And I believe discipline obviously creates freedom, right? And freedom is entrepreneurship and being able to kind of live the life that you want on your own terms and being able to kind of, you know, so I think the mindset piece is huge. And the second part of your question was, was what it was? Relationship to money. Yeah. And relationship to money. I mean, I don't know. I think everyone looks at money in such a different way, you know, as a create as a creative, it's like most people in the creative industry of of music, at least there are a lot of creative industries, but in terms of music, a lot of people are really focused on being creative, which is what they should be doing. But I think it also is very important to kind of have that, that second side to it, which is the business side in order to take that creativity and make that work in a business sense. It's not that everyone needs that. But I think it's important to kind of have both of those mindsets throughout the process of whatever you're creating, you know, it can't just be 100% 100% creative it can't just be 100% business that's why in a band it was helpful to have for me a singer that was really creative much more creative than I was in a lot of sense and I was more of the business guy right so we balanced each other out to kind of bring both of those sides to the to the equation but yeah i think it's you know really important to have both sides i think money comes once the more authentic and creative and like the more you can be in terms of a authentic human and authentic soul to whatever your craft is, the money obviously I believe will will come to that. Um, You can't force it and it can't be the first thing that you think about in my perspective.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want to come back a little bit to the routines that you say. So you say that routines and discipline are essential to creating the right mindset. What kind of routines do you have in place each day that help set you up for that successful mindset?
1: Yeah, and you, you you hear this a lot, right? The meditation, the waking up early, all that stuff. And so, but that is very true to me. So I try and, you know, I wake up at 6 a.m. every single day. The first thing that I try and do is I try and get super active with my body. Immediately, just get my blood flowing, get something. Some people will say, hey, you should go try and meditate first before you start your day. I find it often for me, I'm just, I'm too tired <laughs> when I wake up. So I have to force myself into doing something that I immediately don't want to do when I wake up and overcome that you know, um, overcome that feeling, right, which I think sets you up for the rest of the day to be like, man, the last thing I wanted to do is to wake up and get out of bed at six in the morning to go run on a treadmill 20 minutes later, you know, that's, that's the last thing I want to do. But to prove to yourself to get through that first hour of the day is always the hardest. But once you do it, it's always the most rewarding, because the rest of the day is so set up in terms of, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, the next 15, 16 hours of your day. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, and I, I try and practice meditation too, and like mindfulness and all that stuff. I haven't, I'm not like diligent about it. I find that when I do it, I feel better. You know, I just don't, I'm not practicing it every, every day. But I think that's a huge piece just to be still, because for me, it's like, so much energy all the time that I feel like it's even harder just to be still, right, than to create like all the madness and the energy and the excitement, like the hardest thing I find for me is just to be just to sit for like 10 minutes. It's really hard. And it's not from like a, Oh my God, I don't want to sit with my thoughts thing. Um, it's, I'm comfortable with that, but it's just the act of not doing anything is very hard for me. So it's so funny, know.
0: you've got a little bit of a paradox th- thing going on. So waking up from waking up from stillness and to get, and, get, and to get going is hard. And then once you get going, it's hard to put on the brakes and go
1: into stillness. That's a hundred percent correct. That is my every single day. Yes. Of how I feel, you know? And so, yeah. And then, you know, you spend that, I'm normally eight hours at, at the office or at my recording studio. I'm lucky to have kind of two buildings that are really close to each other within seven blocks. So I'm kind of back and forth between, you know, my music business, find your grind, my education company and other various things that we're doing here. So, and then I end the night with my new baby. I just, I have a two month old at home. So it's very
0: exciting.
1: Oh Lord. <laughs> boy, yeah. Which is a, another thing as well. So
0: is your baby yep. like an octopus baby too? Like always moving? Not yet.
1: Not yet. He's, he's more like a Buddha baby. He's going to teach me the other <laughs> side. He's going to give me that <laughs> calm and patience that I need.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Find Your Grind. What is it and why did you create it?
1: Wow. Find Your Grind is a self-discovery and career exploration platform. In its most simple sense, that is what we do. So... I created it through my recording studio. I started to bring young kids into my studio that didn't have access to the gear and to the music and to like kids who have never seen what it's like inside a recording studio in these underserved areas around Los Angeles and in Orange County too. These events were with 10 to 15 kids. I would bring mentors and superstar producers in to kind of show them how to create music. They would get on the microphone. We would shoot a music video at the end of the day. So kind of giving them a touch and a taste of, what that career path was like in music was interesting. I was like, man, this is really cool. How can I do this across hundreds of careers and like the future of work, right? Where things are headed in society to thousands of kids. Like, how can I just increase what I've done here in a small way across like the plethora of everything that's happening in 2020 and beyond. Right. And so, yeah, I started to film my friends. I started to literally create these kind of five minute videos of how people, how my friends got started, whether it was businesses they created on their own or work, you know, people who are working in industries of the past 10, 15 years, really showing kind of like what's emerging, what is coming up, what the future of this stuff is, not just siloing it to non-traditional careers, of course, focusing on traditional careers as well, because not everyone's going to jump into a entrepreneurial future of work scenario. But for me, it was about looking at what I had access to and building upon that. So I filmed about 150 of my friends, believe it or not, and created these five minute little videos that was just about like how they got started, what the first 10% of their journey was, like really giving young people tangible information of like how to genuinely get started. Not like, Hey, I'm some superstar human now and the kid watching it has no idea how to even be in that person's shoes. I wanted to really take the conversation in a like, Very much so, like, how do I get started in this industry? So we filmed a bunch of our friends. We're lucky enough, I I partnered with a guy named Mike Smith, who's been the number one youth speaker in the country for the past, like, six years. He speaks to a lot lot of kids in schools. So we created Find Your Grind together and actually took it on the road. So the first thing we did was we jumped in a tour bus and got to speak across 40 different states to, like, 250,000 kids in auditoriums and gymnasiums about what Find Your Grind is and what the conversation we want to have inside actual the walls of schools which was pretty crazy you know like to be able to do that so that was really the first iteration into it we've taken all that content we filmed all the live event stuff we've done and packaged it into a kind of our first product which is a curriculum in schools across 48 states right now so
0: it's actually it's been taken into schools
1: yeah yeah correct yeah so right now we have yeah over 5,000 teachers using the product We, we launched it about six months ago um as a free free tool for schools to use and really it's about real life skills, right? Like stuff that I wish I had in school growing up. It's like how to take a loan out on a car, or like how to manage taxes, how to manage my social media in case someone looking to hire me is looking into my Twitter account and I'm talking badly about something to one of my friends. Like a lot of kids just don't think about that stuff. So it was really for me about like emerging careers epic content videos that would make teachers and students feel super engaged and relevant to the conversation of where we're at as a society right now and like real life skills you know combining that into one product which is what find your grind really is right now so it's pretty cool that is really cool
0: and I went on the site last night had a squiz around and um, there's an assessment right up front where you can do it's like take your assessment see what kind of profile you have in terms of what kind of career would be suitable to you, which is really cool. So how do you, how did you go about designing that uh, self-assessment tool?
1: Yeah. I mean, we've, we have a, an awesome team of educators and we use a research team out of Nebraska, you know, to help us like back the assessments we're creating. But really what's so cool about that assessment is it's, it's a lifestyle assessment. So anyone, you know, all you guys who are listening, I urge you to go take it. It is very fun. It's a 28 question assessment that really spits out your your top five lifestyles so what we've done with find your grind is categorized like we want to start the conversation with lifestyle first with young people where so many young people now are having to just like choose the job out of school and even in school as early as like 13 and 14 years old you gain strengths based upon what that job is and then a lot of people end up hating the lifestyle right because they guessed on what job they thought would you know get them the most money You know or whatever they were pressured into so for us it was like why don't we start that conversation and kind of flip it upside down to to start with lifestyle first right like what are the things that are important in your life then looking at what strengths do you have internally as a a person instead of developing strengths based off of a a job you guessed on like let's look at who you really are as a person that real like self-discovery process and then lastly, look at careers as like the end of the funnel. So like jobs and careers that fit underneath those lifestyle buckets. So really, we've kind of just flipped the triangle upside down and have started kind of that new conversation. So the assessment is really that first piece to, to find your grind in that in that journey of exploration is like, let's start with the top five lifestyles for you. We have 16. 16. So after your after your assessment you'll get your first your top 5 and then the journey starts from there where you can start to explore people and different careers that are inside those lifestyle buckets so it's a pretty cool process. It's um I just wanted
0: to pause and say how freaking brilliant that is. <laughs> By the way, it's very Gen Y I have to say this um to flip it on the head because I'm as you're talking about, you know, the fact that you reversed that what's traditional I'm thinking Gen X, my Gen um, where it's career, then you work on your strengths and then you get the lifestyle that you want. Instead of Gen Ys have all been like, screw that. Like, that just sounds like delayed gratification. Why don't we just choose what we want from the beginning and orient around that? I think that's it's sensational. So, th- and it's not, I, I mean, look, I don't think it's just for kiddies.
1: <laughs> no, no. And it's, and it's not, and you're absolutely right. And like, that's been the thing as a business. It's like, we don't want to go so wide in the beginning, you know, we've had a lot of traction in schools, so let's start there. And Build the best product we can there. But what's exciting about next year is we actually are opening up Find Your Grind to be an individualized, personalized experience, which will come out sometime around June. But really looking at Find Your Grind as this personalized, on demand, at any time mobile learning experience that people can have to go on there and really understand okay, like what is the right path for me? So it's a lot about kind of like micro learning, micro assessments, just different stuff that we're building out for this individual experience for Find Your Grind, which we're really excited about so that we're not only focused in schools, but we are focused on, you know, different demographics of people that can actually go on to to utilize Find Your Grind as well. So, yeah, it's it's exciting.
0: So tell me a little bit more about the the micro learning. So the lifestyle assessment is like kind of the entry point, like find out a little bit about who you are and then the other services that you offer through FYG is, are what?
1: Yeah. So that, that is our core products next year. We're, we're, we're moving into a subscription-based individualized personalized learning space, right? So you download, find your grind. And just like you've done through the lifestyle assessment, you kick your journey off by understanding what those lifestyles are for you and then along the way what we want to do is like really start to blend in this conversation around like power skills so power skills are really this term that we a lot of people are starting to use that is really like what are the skills that are going to be necessary for human beings to be the best versions of themselves to be like the future of work like what is that going to demand and these power skills are things like working with teams, collaboration, creativity, communication, like very simple soft skill things that we all know and we all know what they are. But unfortunately, those type of things aren't blended into a lot of products that young young people in schools are learning. So what we want to do with this individualized experience is really stress the importance of power skills in all of these mini assessments and video content and things that you're consuming to be able to start getting badges and certificates of achievement through having these power skills, right? So imagine at the end of it, as you go through these different various modules, like you're leaving with badges of certification that you have these power skills and that you have these kind of social and emotional learning capabilities that are important for the future of work. 2040, 2050, these are the things as automation and as industries are changing, that I believe people are really, really going to need. And I believe it's not emphasized enough in at least schools and maybe outside of schools as well so I'm really excited about that this is a whole new conversation for me too like I'm just learning about this stuff too I'm so like thankful to have the team that we do at Find Your Grime but it is so true it's like yeah being able to work with teams and being like teaching to the whole individual like it's a lot more than just knowing what's inside of a book and it's about like working with teams knowing how to collaborate knowing how to be creative knowing how to like communicate your ideas like those are the things that I think are are gonna be more important than ever. So we wanna incorporate that.
0: From an educator's point of view, because that's totally in, in my own pocket, my own sweet spot is doing that people stuff stuff. How do you see that rolling out in terms of the micro learning? Is it one way video learning? Is it online platform? Is it assignment based? Like what kind of educational design are you applying to this? Or is that still yet to be determined?
1: Yeah, that that's an awesome woman named Lauren Karras, who is our VP of Learning and Design, building that out right now. I'm sure you guys would totally have an amazing conversation around that. But <laughs> yeah, out on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's, it's cool for me too. I'm just kind of in that. I look at all this from Find Your Gun from a very top level of like, what are the things that would have been useful for me growing up and like, you know, bringing in my friends and, and helping naturally talk about what this conversation is right now, you know, like, that's where I'm kind of bringing my ideas and then looking at the team to really structure out, okay, well, how does this micro learning take into effect? Like how do people actually go through this? How all that type of stuff. So, yeah.
0: It's interesting that you've ended up in education, you know, from, from music to entrepreneurship to education. It, it's an interesting course.
1: Yeah. You're hundred percent right. I think with me, a lot of things that I do in my life are all tied through music. Yeah. I, I've like thought about that a lot. I'm like, why, I hated school. You know what I mean? I was like the kid with like the red mohawk in, in private school. I'm dead serious. Like I, it was not my thing. But um, yeah, I just I think for that reason, and I didn't hate school, I just didn't understand how it was preparing me for like, where I was going to go in my life. And I think a lot of people have those questions too, as they go through it, but they never have the alternative. And so, yeah, I I just, I wanted to try and shake things up in education, I guess, right? Because, like, I spent the majority of my life in school. (laughs) So, like, I, you know, I just, I wanted to kind of create products that helped change the conversation. I don't believe that we can change education as a whole. Like, I, I think that's a very hard thing to do and to change schools and the way that policies and things are. Those will gradually happen over time, but you can insert assets that help. Encourage new types of conversations, and we're finding that a lot of teachers and schools and people in general like are. It's a prime time for this type of conversation to really help people align with where they should be headed, you know. And, and I think it's an important one to try and help people with, but it's a big one.
0: Yeah, I love the surreptitious upending of educational system by infiltration.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Just, right.
0: Let's go in there and seed some new stuff uh, a to help. Bit. It's smart because institutional change is is a slow thing as you've worked out. So I like the way that you're going, like, let's insert this little piece to see if we can make a
1: difference there. Totally. And it's uh it's funny. Our main phrase with Find Your Grind is is the future belongs to the misfits. And at first, so many teachers and people are like, wait a second, like you you, you get the you know, you you feel the energy of like, well, what really does that mean? Like, you know, like what's you know, misfits are this negative thing. And so, but by the end of it. Every single teacher is rocking a future belongs to the Misfits shirt on, the, on their back and like loving it, you know? So it's I think it's a, we're in a time now where I think this is a needed product.
0: What do you mean by Misfits?
1: <laughs> I knew that was coming next.
0: Well, you can't just throw that out there I and let know,
1: it dangle. I know. A oh, Man, think about it like, okay, what's a Misfit teacher? A Misfit teacher is someone who teaches during the day, but then also like is the coach of a high school football team or just kids who are thinking about their futures in a different sense, like not going for this linear manufactured way of thinking and starting to think of more of a organic worldly type of thinking of like, what what really is happening in society today? I, I, I just, I've never liked the manufactured linear path of thinking, you know, and as we know it, like life is very organic, it isn't linear. And I think that misfits in a sense are starting to think about their futures in different ways are able to kind of think on their own two feet a little bit differently than everybody else in order to kind of utilize their skill sets and their creativity towards who they need to be as people to be the most productive people in society. I think it's important to find that purpose. And like, I don't know. um, I think a misfit is a positive thing. It's, it's, it's going against the grain in a positive way to create real impact by being the most individualized version of yourself to create the biggest type of impact. Once you know yourself, that's when you can, I feel like, thrive the best. And when society, you start to help society, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, it's catchier than saying the future belongs to the organic thinkers. <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah, Misfits yeah, yeah has yeah.
0: got more power a to
1: little it. Bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because it uh, on your LinkedIn profile, which is the source of all stalking <laughs> is, um. You talk about wanting to influence culture trends and create stronger communities through music, education, gaming, and philanthropy. That's a big statement. So tell me about this notion of stronger communities through music, education, gaming, and philanthropy. What does that mean to you? What's the vision you have there when you talk about that?
1: Yeah, I think it's just for us. It's about trying to do, you know, I look at even our music company here of just the reason we're doing so many different things. Like with gaming, I'm a partner in an esports team called Rogue here. I think it's important to be involved in that space because of where youth's attention is, and it's in video games right now, and it's in the eSports. That's important for Find Your Grind because we've been able to incorporate a ton of eSports stuff into Find Your Grind. We launched a huge college festival this year with Find Your Grind where we brought all of our eSports teams and had a huge activation around eSports at all these college campuses you know with the the music company i have here we were able to incorporate all of our artists that are signed to our label into all these festivals like these kind of emerging artists that had never played in front of an audience now are playing in front of 10,000 kids at a college festival that we created through find your grind so these are ways that like the ecosystem starts to feed each other and i think like it's all about thinking of for me like i work with a lot of artists here i work with a lot of entrepreneurs, we have a lot of different business ideas, some of them that are great, some of them that are not so great. But it's really the reason we have so many things here is to funnel that content and to funnel those people through different areas. I look at it like distribution of content into different areas, right? Whether that's like putting one of our artists on an esports thing, or, you know, some of the things I just mentioned, it's like, it's a new type of system, I feel like, in order to like, push content and push ideas out. So that's why I feel like, and I feel like a lot of young people don't want to be siloed into like, people want to be multidimensional these days. They don't just want to be an artist, right? They like that, like play songs. They want to go do five or six other things that drives awareness around their music. And so we have those opportunities through what I've created here at gross labs. Gross labs is really my, the name of what encompasses all these different companies. And so Yeah. I mean, I think you build stronger communities through, it's a good question. I mean, I think it's like, yeah, ultimately I want to build stronger communities through people who have figured out their path and how they're making the biggest impact in society, right. Through find your grind. That's a tool that can help really build communities in a positive way. So yeah. And and I look at communities also too, in a sense of like I built a recording studio down the street. So that's my community through music. Like I have a lot of my talent and people that I work with here that literally just get to use that studio day after day and record music. And so that's kind of my little community coffee shop is through, through my recording studio. So you can kind of think of it in a lot of different ways. I just think that I'm trying to think about things a little bit differently here and not so standard and linear going back to the find your grind conversation of just like really looking at ways to help artists that are signed here, entrepreneurs that are working here to grow their brands and grow their, grow their ideas, you know?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm I'm just stewing, not stewing marinating, excited, <laughs> mulling, <laughs> contemplating uh, yeah. this idea of community. And it's quite a different sense of definition of community than you might have defined elsewhere. So I think, for example, in Australia, the idea of community is very much location based as opposed to theme-based or interest-based. And I think that's quite an interesting shift in concept. And whereas you're you're talking about interest-based and values-driven as well, like, or interest-driven. And uh, that's a very different way of conceiving of and operating in community. Well, it blasts borders basically, you know, and I think that's, it's sort of a beautiful, I think you're sort of a flag or signal at the edge of culture change is what I'm feeling is coming from this work that you're doing.
1: Um, I appreciate that. That's the goal, I think, you know, it's just like, what's the definition of happiness? Something to do, something to look forward to and someone to love that's my definition of happiness right there. You oh know, if everyone God, can beautiful. have that, I think, yeah, I think if everyone can have those three things, which is hard, you could say, oh yeah, I have this in this way or whatever. I think, yeah, if you have those three things, you're, you know, you're good. You're ready to make good impact.
0: Something to do, something to, I miss the middle look, one.
1: Something to look forward to and, oh, and, yeah. and someone to love, you know?
0: That's beautiful. so yeah. I was gonna, my next question was going to be how do you define success? and is, is that it? Is like the, your definition of happiness also your definition of success? It might
1: be. I mean, I think success is like learning also to enjoy in the process of building something. That's been something very difficult for me. I always think about the finish line first of like where do I want this? as a business owner, very important to also know what the end goal is, of course, but I have a hard time melting in excitement. I'll take that back. Like just, just looking at the process and enjoying the process and being in the middle of what it is. Right. Like I just, I'm very, I have a hard time kind of staying in the moment of that. And I think, you know, that definition of success is really enjoying all the things that come from building your idea. Or if it's not an idea, if it's just starting a family, you know, like being the best version of yourself as a family man, like there's a lot that goes into that. It's not easy just to be the best dad. Right. So it's just like, as I'm learning, but I think it's yeah, learning to enjoy in the process, being in a solid mindset as much as you can. I have a good friend, Kevin, that goes on the scale of, hey, if you're, you got a scale from one to 10, if your mindset is, you know, creeping down to a, to a six, that's when you kind of want to start, like, if you're at a seven, that's when you're kind of, okay, you're good, you're in a good place. You know, you're not too stoked, you're not too elated and and happy all the time, but you're not sad, you're kind of just riding that like seven line. If you get to an eight, you're like, whoa, like, you know something great just happened you just had a good moment in your life like cool someone just won a thing you know or whatever it is you go to a six that's when you got to start like checking yourself right so just knowing that scale of like okay well what's what's going on what's happening with me so i think staying in that mindset and that awareness going back to the self-discovery and self-awareness which is so key for people i think is huge you know and that and that's a that's a journey and that's a process and there's so many different ways to to do that but i think happiness is a blend of being really self-aware Enjoying the process and going back to those other three things of having something to do, something to look forward to, and someone to love. I'll leave, yeah. I'll say that.
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> I want to just tease apart a little bit about what you said about, you know, you haven't always been that successful about enjoying the process and the destination has been the calling. This is um, a very common challenge for high achieving people is is getting so obsessed with the destination that we flog ourselves through the journey. So In becoming aware of that, how have you managed to unwind from that? I mean, it sounds like you're still trying to unwind a little bit from that. How do you do that? So how do you hold the destination in mind as well as enjoy the journey? Have you got a process or an approach to that?
1: It's called the Calm app. (laughs) Every hour, every hour, it reminds me to take a breath. That's really helpful. As funny as it sounds, it's like, yeah, it's got the Calm app. Everyone should get it. Um, 1% 1% of the world who doesn't have the comment, but no, it's uh, that's been very helpful. I also, I have a big black board in my office and everywhere I go, like every room I have a big board and I write my end goal on these boards every week. I just write it down. Like, like next year, I wrote down my 2020 goals of like, okay, I want my studio to be this much in revenue by the end of the year. I want find your grind to be valued at this. I, and you know, having those goals as simple as it sounds, Without those, you can't work backwards in terms of how you get to those things, right? Because if you don't have the big goals, you're just kind of aimlessly going around and not knowing what, what to do or where to go. So for me, that was, that's been huge. Is just writing things down. And as simple as it sounds, it's, it's very helpful in terms of manifestation, in terms of the universe, and in terms of the energy coming to you. Just If you're thinking and processing the, the end goal all the time and kind of leaving it at that, I write it down. I don't think about it all day long, but it's there and I know where I want to go. And that's that. So that's been kind of helpful for me of just like not always thinking about the end goal and enjoying more of the process and taking a breath every hour.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Octopus man trying to <laughs> calm down a little bit. That's great. Um, yeah. So just a couple of final little questions. I'm not sure if you're a reader. So if you're someone who doesn't like to be still, I'm not sure if you read a lot. So just checking in on that, do
1: you or, or don't you? I, I, I do not read a lot, but I purchase a lot of books. So that tells you my <laughs> that tells you my back and forth here.
0: Yeah. Um do you listen to audiobooks?
1: I don't as much. I listen to podcasts.
0: Okay, you know, podcasts. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: So what are your favorite listens right now in the podcasting world?
1: Yeah, I've I've loved Oprah Winfrey's podcast. Uh, I forget what it's called, but hers is great. My buddy, uh, drama, uh, Chris drama path has a, has a podcast called short story long. That's really informative and really good in terms of mindset practices, successful humans and how they've kind of gotten to where they've gotten. That's been a great podcast for me. I also listen to a lot of health and nutrition podcasts, just interested in those type of things overall of like how to feel your best internally, you know, like your, whatever you're consuming all day long is a huge piece to how you probably think and feel <laughs> emotionally so learning more about that stuff but yeah those are kind of like probably my top two right now, at least what I'm listening to Oprah's and, and short story long. Cool.
0: As we're recording this, we're coming up to the Christmas season. What are you most looking forward to?
1: It's a great question. Man, I'm looking forward to a week or week and a half of just trying to not think about other things like being with family, you know being with my new child. I'm excited for that for his first Christmas. that's gonna be amazing. Um, I'm excited to uh, find the best possible life-size reindeer that I possibly can for the Christmas tree Um, there's a lot of them out there but I'm really trying to find the perfect (laughs) one and um, I'm also excited because at the end of the year we do a company paintball trip so I take all of the employees who are part of these companies and I take them paintballing so um, we learn who's who's tough and who's not at the end of the year in these situations so I definitely look forward to that (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh that sounds like a lot of fun so it is is a lot of fun is culture something that is um, now I'm getting sidetracked by this but we'll wrap it up shortly um is culture that something do you do that deliberately in your businesses
1: I do I think it's huge we have a very I think alternative way of like I don't know like I, I I really empower people to be in their positions like I hire people to do the thing that they're supposed to do and I let them do the thing that they want to do like I've I have people that I've hired here that like have gone on to produce huge events and different things for our company and like have branded their own events through find your grind. Like as like, we created something called office hours that one of my new employees created. She was like, I have this idea where I want to, I want to create one-on-one mentorship in person around different industries. Like we started our first one through music down at the studio, but you know, I'm just like, sure, go ahead. Like, let's create it, do it, like lead it and make it happen. And like, it's interesting when you put people in positions of, allowing them to do the things that they want to do in some sense, like I think it's very powerful and it creates a big, you know, a sense of deeper community and a more, a solid bond within the company. I don't know. Like I just, that's what I would want if I was working at a certain company, you know, like my wife came from super corporate positions of being like, had to ask to go to the bathroom, you know? And it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? And like, when she tells me that, I'm just like, wait, you had to ask your boss to go to the bathroom. She's like, yeah, like You know, and I'm just like, dude, like, it's insane, you know, so for me, I want to be what I would want in a company. And and I would want to, you know, everyone has ideas, some of them are bad, some of them, not all of them are going to be great. But the ones that do work can create a a really good impact within your company, you know, stuff that I'm not always thinking about. And so I, I allow people to kind of be their independent leaders and really own their positions within what they do here. And I think that leads to a bigger sense of a stronger company, you know,
0: yeah, oh, that's wonderful. So that's a wonderful way to finish the the interview. I think that's really sound advice. Your story is amazing. I love what you're doing. I think it's fabulous. And uh, we need to get your story out more into the world so that we can seed it everywhere.
1: <laughs> appreciate that very much. Yeah. So it was awesome to be on. I, I really, really do appreciate it. I'll have to come have to come visit you next time I'm in Australia.
0: Oh, yeah. Campbell, will <laughs> be waiting for you, mate. So thank you so much, Nick. It's been All right. so good. That was so much fun. I really enjoyed Nick's energy and focus and ideas. One of the key takeaways I took from the interview is, why do we have to do it the same old, same old? What do we just reverse things? What if we did things on our own terms? What if we just pioneered and decided to make uh, make a culture change? I love his approach to leading communities and creating communities. I think he's redefining what it is to be connected and to share resources and focus and energy and enjoyment with other people. And in that way, I believe Nick's uplifting the planet and it's something that we can all do. And lastly, I just love this one. Happiness is something to do, something to look forward to and someone to love. On that note, I love you guys. And if you love this podcast, I would love it if you rated it and left me a review. That would be awesome. It helps get the word out and it helps us bring amazing leaders like Nick to the show. In the meantime, live well, lead well, and have a fantastic week ahead.